Hello, race fans. Welcome to the very first edition of the Road to Indy Insider Podcast. My name is Rob Howden. Uh, those of you who follow the Mazda Road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires probably know my voice. You may have seen me at the racetrack. I do all the play-by-play for USF 2000 and Pro Mazda, and I'm privileged to be part of the IndyCar Radio Network as well on pit lane uh, for Indy Lights. Uh, a number of these drivers, uh, a, actually a vast majority probably, I, I've had a chance to watch come through the karting ranks as well. Uh, my primary focus is my website, ecartingnews.com. I get a chance to announce anywhere between 15 and 20 karting events uh, each year, and I've, I've really done that for the last about 20 years. So it's exciting for me. I, I get to watch a kid like Joseph Newgarden, Spencer Piggott, Graham Rahal, these guys come all the way from karting up into the you know, the road to Indy, and then eventually into the Verizon IndyCar Series. And so my program goes from karting, nine-year-old kids one weekend, to maybe talking to Joseph Newgarden, the reigning Verizon IndyCar champion the next. So in between there is where we get to see so many of these great young drivers. I know if you're tuning in right now, or maybe you, you go to my RoadToIndyInsider.com website, you're a fan of the ladder system. If you're a baseball fan, it's single A, double A, triple A. If you're Canadian or American hockey fan, it's junior A. Uh, and then, you know, junior C, junior B, junior A. It's, it's where these young drivers, young kids, young athletes learn how to, the race craft, all, how to actually, you know, approach the sport, sponsorship, fitness, uh, race craft, working with teams, everything. So, again, just kind of wanted to lay out. What we're doing here, this is the, the first ever podcast here uh, that we're going to be focusing on drivers and the sport itself. I did a couple last year, but really kind of refiring things. It's the Road to Indy Insider Podcast. My name is Rob Howden. Thrilled to be here. The first driver I thought would be cool to bring on the podcast is one that, you know, anytime I'm at a race somewhere and I'm announcing them and, you know, it's got that name everybody loves. People jump all over it. It's Stingray Rob. 16-year-old driver out of Payette, uh, Idaho. I've had a chance to watch him since he was about nine years old, so I've been watching him come up through the ranks. But he's a young driver running this year in the Pro Mazda Championship presented by Cooper uh, by uh, Cooper Tires, second year in that series. But his whole journey from karting up into where he is right now, very interesting, very intriguing, and we're going to get a chance to meet him now. Stingray, thank you so much uh, for joining us on the podcast here, the Road to Indy Insider podcast. Uh, how are you? How are you doing? I'm good, Rob. How about yourself? I'm I'm good. I'm you know what? I'm on a two week layover right now until we head to the next race. I go to the Challenge of the Americas at Sonoma, the finale of the karting series that you yeah. actually won the championship of a number of years ago. Um, I believe that was 2015 when you won the Junior Max Championship. Yes, it was. And then I, and then I get rolling. And I know that you're probably I know you're focused on school now because you were you know kind of focused on racing for about a month in February, but. Uh, I can imagine you're ready to get back behind the wheel. Yeah, obviously these these long breaks in between are not fun. It means uh, a lot more work that I want to do at school and at home, catching up on everything. But I'm ready to get back on the track and hop back in the car. Uh, I'll give you them a little breakdown, our listeners. Uh, Stingray running this year for Team Pelfrey uh, in the number 82 machine. His sponsors Trademark Dental, Monk, Family Dental, and Intervention.com. In the Pro Mazda Championship presented by Cooper Tires. Again, uh, that's his his focus for this year. Um, you know what? Let's start, Stingray, by just talking about the racing thus far. We've had one event that went in the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the streets of St. Petersburg uh, back in early March. Your second time being there. Always tough when you go there for the first time. Second time, probably a little easier. Uh, a pretty good weekend. couple of top six finishes. Uh, sixth in the first race. Fourth in race number two. You leave there fifth in points. Give me your thoughts 
first and foremost, how'd the weekend go? Uh, St. Pete is always an interesting event, as you well know. Um, but those walls, it's like driving through a tunnel. You know, it's it's a whole different animal compared to other racetracks. And we always hear, you make it through St. Pete, you can make it through anything, that whole deal. So it was good to have just those good consistent finishes in sixth and fourth. Um, but we were quick. We were really quick. We had good speed. The car was good. And uh, we definitely saw improvements throughout the weekend in my driving in the racecraft side because this is like my first year with this competitiveness in the, the racing series. And so I'm learning different techniques, passing, defending, uh, just the, the thought process that goes into these these competitive races now. You know, you're, and you're right. If you look back at last year, the final year of the older Pro Formula Mazda car, there wasn't the depth in the field. There were still really good drivers up front. And you were, of course, a rookie. You were kind of, I almost want to say the best of the rest. You were that rookie who really didn't have a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. And you're going up against Anthony Martin and Victor Franzoni yeah. and Carlos Cunha. <laughs> Cunha. You know, you got a lot of guys. But but you stepped up and you kept, you know, you kept moving forward. You kept having good weekends. Um, let's Let me ask you a question here because I, I always like to ask this question. You make the transition uh, quickly into Pro Mazda. You didn't do USF 2000 uh, coming out of the Formula Car Challenge uh, on the West Coast, which we'll talk more about. How much different was approaching St. Petersburg this year than it was from your very first year? You know, I think I approach every race with the same kind of mentality, um, or at least I try to. But this year, I came into the 2018 season with a different expectation than I did last year. Um and I, just having that knowledge of what to expect from the event, who to who to pay attention to, where to look, it's a whole different uh, perspective, if I might say. Yeah, I think I, I get that all the time. I, I talk to young kids, and they'll say that I was a totally different driver. You know, I, I came into my first year in the road to Indy at St. Petersburg, wide-eyed, and I was trying to get used to the racetrack, and I really wasn't used to it till the end of. Uh, the weekend, you know, last year you did really well. You, you know, your second race at St. Petersburg in your rookie event, your opening event in the road, Danny, you end up finishing fourth. Yeah. Um, you come back with a couple, again, a couple of really good finishes. Uh, you were fourth again in race number two against a much deeper and stacked field. Uh, you know, it's for me, it's just that it's that cool factor that I want to get across to the to the fans and other drivers of how much you guys, as because remember, you were only 15 last year, you're, you're 16 now. Yeah. You guys, you guys grow so much from year to year. Mm-hmm. Well, do you feel that way? I do, and I felt like I grew as a driver so much this last weekend in the car than I think I did. I don't know, two, three weekends from last year, just because it's a whole yeah. different animal with how deep the field is and how competitive it is. You make one mistake and you're losing two positions, and it's it's a mental game too. You have to be mentally strong and ready to go. Ninety. 100 laps, whatever it is, on the weekend. Every single lap, you have to make count. Yeah. You know, we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about the 2018 season and your thoughts and moving, of course, to the next race at Barber Motorsports Park. Let's let's kind of unveil and, and, and talk a little bit about your journey for the for the listeners and the race fans of the Mazda Road to Indy and, and Verizon IndyCar fans that are tuning in to, to get to know uh, a young driver they're probably going to be seeing potentially in the, in the IndyCar program down the line. Uh, your journey, very interesting, Stingray. You know, your family was all about cars. You know, you had the they had the Corvette pedal car when you were a kid, but you jumped in early into karting and and, mm-hmm. and really went all in. Give me your thoughts. Talk a little bit about your first years in karting. Where did you race? What series did you race? And, and, and what did it mean to you to finally be behind the wheel? Well, obviously, like you said, my parents, they were massive car fans, and that's the name Stingray. They they uh, 
loved Corvettes and I always loved Corvettes because of that too. But I spent my time uh, with my parents going to drag race events, autocross events, just not, nothing too competitive, but just watching them race. And I started to get that, uh, I don't know how to describe it, that seat of the pants feel. <laughs> um, yeah. Where it just had adrenaline rush. But at the time I was five, for my fifth birthday, I asked for a go-kart. And so my parents got me a go-kart. And when I opened up the box, I said, oh my goodness, I've waited my whole life to be five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Your whole life. Yeah, my whole life. And so from there on, I think it was just kind of the, the process of falling in love with the sport. You know, we went to our first local star race and we were karting around there, a little eighth mile, quarter mile track. And and we're like, hey, we, maybe we should go to Miller Motorsports Park in Salt Lake and see how that does. So we went there, and then pretty soon we were in Washington, and then pretty soon we were up with BBR Karting in Canada. And I don't know, by 2010, I was already going to Italy with Blake Choker from BBR and spending time at all these different events, Gators, Scusa, uh, getting as much experience as I could, and it was a love affair. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah. I remember watching you when you were in Italy. Obviously, you and I uh, had a moment there in Italy when you and I came over to congratulate you on a great mm-hmm. run. You, you you guys really dove in deep. It wasn't just a club deal. You and your dad wanted to go racing. Like you said, you you were home racing in Idaho and said, let's go try Utah. Let's go try Southern California. There was a great series that you eventually won uh, the championship. And we mentioned that already, the Challenge of the Americas, which is one of the big winter series that Carter's run. And you were able to score the Junior Max Championship. That's, that's big, really you know, as you got rolling, I think obviously the skill set started to, to go. Let's talk about the skill set first, because I want to talk about the stuff that you were able to accomplish. When during those years did you start feeling not that you were just enjoying the fact you were racing, but that you were getting good at it? When did you honestly personally feel that there was a skill set there that you could win races? Um, it's interesting that you say that because we always talk about the the light switch moment, and yeah. I think that I had multiple light switch moments in the car, in the cart, whatever it was. Uh, but just, we went from level to level Four cycle carts. The light switch would come on. I do really well there. We go to Rotax. I'd struggle for a few races. Light switch would come on. I do well there. And it was just working through the process, going through the progression until that light switch came on. And so there wasn't actually one moment that I could say that I finally felt like I could win races, but my most distinctive feeling of that was 2015 and we came out and we won the first Florida winter tour race. And that was, yeah. you know, through, through the practice sessions in the beginning of the week, I didn't do so well. And it was kind of a, a downer, but, uh, I entered that, that last qualifying with an expectation of, okay, I can win. I will win. And we did. So it's, it's, I don't know. It, the racing is such a mental game. And so I think those light switch moments that you see come out of drivers, it's not so much their skill level and everything coming into play finally. It's their skill level has always been there, but they finally believe in themselves. Yeah, I, I often mention on uh, on the play-by-play when I'm doing the Road to India events, so when we see a young driver win uh, in USF 2000 for the first time, it, I will never be surprised if they go on a streak of winning races. You know, we saw it with Oliver Askew mm-hmm. last year. Aaron Tietz did it in Pro Mazda a couple years as, uh, ago as well, as did Pato Award. You start getting that momentum and that feel. And as you said from the Florida Winter Tour, you believed that you were going to go out and win. And when you believe in yourself, you kind of, I think you kind of fulfill your destiny to a certain extent. You, you don't get down to yourself. You go out and you go. You, you try to win. Now, uh, 
that said, let's let's have a, a look at a couple of your major accomplishments in karting before we move into you, you transitioning into cars. Two times, actually three times you actually made it. You only raced twice, but you made uh, three times as part of Team USA at the Rotax Grand Finals. Um, any racers or li- people that are listening understand that at one, it still is. Rotax is this massive program where each each nation will will shoot out and they – uh, the winners get a chance to be on their team, their national team, whether it's Team Canada, Team USA, uh, USA, Team Britain, Australia, South Africa, whatever it may be. And then you go to this huge race. Sometimes it's been in it's Portugal, Spain. Um, it's been in Dubai. Uh, you know, it's been everywhere. Canary Islands. Uh, and it's been here in the U.S. as well. You had a chance to be part of Team USA. And I don't want to say I shouldn't say have a ch- had a chance. You earned the, bur- the the ticket to go run twice in 2014 and 2015 as well, Valencia, Spain, and Porto Mayo, Portugal. First question: What did it feel like? Give, give me your give me your thoughts on, uh, of winning that and how important it was to win. Second part of the question: What did it mean to you to be to be wearing the red, white, and blue as Team USA when you were across the pond? Well, my first year in Junior Max, earning that Team USA uh, scholarship to go to the Grand Finals was pretty exciting. I was 12 years old and you know we didn't expect much. We always have those learning years where you're you're progressing as a driver and you're wanting to do better, but making it to the grand finals that that rookie season was absolutely amazing. And I'd actually never been to uh Portugal, Spain, anywhere like that except for when I went to Italy in 2010 four years prior. So, getting there, I it was a whole different animal. We actually we went there a couple weeks before to test and just get my feet wet in the in the track and what kind of cart we'd be driving on. But I remember going out for the first race at the 2014 Grand Finals, and I came off the track shaking, like <laughs> madly shaking. Like I can't describe the feeling I had. It was pure fear and excitement and joy all at the same time. And my dad <laughs> looks at me and he goes, what's wrong with you? I'm like, nothing. That was just so amazing. But the racing level was just a whole different – uh, experience because those guys they're the best of the best from their countries and so to be out there and they're they're side by side 100% of the time and it's a duke out so it's pretty amazing I, I think people let's 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 preface it so they understand the fact that and what we're talking about is 60 different countries sending their best drivers to this event which is a four or five day event and you're talking about racing against 80 guys right you're, you're trying to qualify into the final 34 they get to run the main you're running these heat races people are driving like crazy sometimes if they've had a rough heat race they're trying to go to the front like crazy the the pressure on you is incredible and then added to that pressure you put your own pressure on yourself to try to perform for yourself for your family and for your country as well what with what was your thoughts of of performing for your country what did it mean to race for for, for team usa it was just such an honor you know being 13 years old and going to a different country and having your country's flag on your back, you know what you can do and you're wanting to do the best that you can. But it's just the whole experience is so amazing. But for me, being 13 years old, it was always uh, – we'd always move up a step ahead. And so when I moved up into Junior Max, I was racing kids that were 15, 16, 17 years old. And so when we went over to the grand finals, I'm looking up at these kids and they're like adults <laughs> compared to me. And so <laughs> – it's the whole experience of just uh, racing above your level and earning what you have to do and earning it for your country. It's, it's amazing. 
It's uh, it's interesting that you know you obviously challenged yourself trying to you know jump up you know that one weight level fight fight one level higher. It kind of happened as well. Let's let's talk now about your transition uh, in 2015 into cars. You did the Skip Barber Carts to Cars, uh, rather car, uh, yeah Carts to Cars shootout. You ended up finishing second there. You win the Brian Hurdle Scholarship to run in the Winter Series. Was there was there a switch? Not not a, a talent switch, but was there a mindset career switch where you went? You know what? I'm going car racing now. I know you did some shifter cart racing in the Supercarts USA Pro Tour, but at one point you guys just said, you know what? We're going all in with cart with cars. Yeah. Um, actually, we did have that moment. We were at Phoenix for the Scusa Summer Nationals, I want to say it was. And I'm not sure if you remember, I had that big wreck where uh, I stalled on the start. It was my first time starting in the S2 category. And just that massive wreck after that, I came off the track. I'm like, Dad, I'm done with karting. And it wasn't anything <laughs> to do with it hurt. I'm down. I'm out. It was, I was already getting to the point where I wanted to move on into cars, but I, I qualified first and I came back after that wreck and I, I was really quick and it was so much fun, but there, there just seemed to be, uh, something lacking. I don't know how to describe it, but it was that, that switch flipped where I just decided, okay, I'm ready to go to cars and that's what I want to do. I don't know what, what kind of cars it is, but we'll figure it out. Well, you mentioned the fact you had qualified on pole and yet, you know what? I've seen that video many times. It pops up every once in a while where you had the issue getting off the start and something happened and you just got drove over and knocked out of the cart. And it was a wild one for sure. Now, it's not surprising to me that you would have said, Hey, you know what? I've qualified on the pole. I've proven that I can run up the front of this group. Let's make the transition. And I do understand that. So you do this, the, 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 uh, the Skip Barber Carts to Cars shootout. You finish second. You win the Winter Series Scholarship. That kind of sets up for your 2016. And now we're kind of fast forwarding to just a year and a half ago. You know, it's actually two years ago. You ran the Skip Barber Winter Series. You got a feel for that. You won the last three of the, uh, three of the last four races. Uh, you jump into the Formula Car Challenge, which is the, the program they run at Sonoma. You did both the Formula, Formula Speed 2.0 Series and the Pro Formula Mazda. And then you you guys were obviously trying a bunch of different stuff. You also ran a NASCAR K&M Pro Series event on the road course at Miller Motorsports Park. And you jump behind the wheel in your local quarter mile Meridian Speedway. You guys were doing a little bit of everything to see, I think, where you stuck. Was that the kind of the idea? Yeah, and I think that it was just kind of looking for what what my driving style fit. I, I know driving style is a uh, argumentative word, but anyways, moving on. Uh, <laughs> I tested dirt modifieds, NASCARs, open wheel, uh, Corvettes at the Bondurant Driving School, Skip Barber, and we we really just wanted to see what I wanted to do and how how I wanted to go about making it to the top level of racing. When you did that, were, were there was it obvious to you that man, you know, formula cars is my thing. I want to be open wheel. Or did, did would you say to yourself, you know what, I, I'd go run a K and M Pro Series car again? Like, is that something you have a feel of, or are you totally focused just on the on the open wheel right now? You know, if someone told me to go drive that Mini Cooper and we'll pay you fifty thousand dollars, <laughs> I'll go drive that Mini Cooper Attaboy. until the wheels fall off. <laughs> so it. it there was no defining factor of whether or not I wanted to do formula cars, but I just said, that's where I want to be right now. So we're going to focus all our efforts there and we'll see how it goes. But like I said, I'll drive anything. If someone gives me a ride, you guys did have a really solid, uh, you know, yourself had a really solid year in 2016. The, the races that you did run, you did well, you learned a lot. Let's talk now about the big jump because you know, you've run 
a bunch of open wheel cars. You know, you know, logic tells people that you now move into either, uh, you know, maybe move into the the USF 2000 series as part of the Mazda Road Dandy. You're coming to the MRTI, but you decide, hey, you know what? I, I'm going to focus on Pro Mazda. I'm going to stick with my World Speed Motorsports team that I ran with in the Formula Car Challenge. You jump right up into the middle, second rung on the Mazda Road Dandy presented by Cooper Tires. What was the mindset behind going right to Pro Mazda? Well, with World Speed, we knew the guys. They were a great bunch of guys, and we were comfortable with them. We, we liked working with Kevin and Tilo and all the other guys there. And just having that, that comfort entering a new series, I think, was a good idea just to get uh, to know the series and understand what it's all about. And uh, actually, we actually got a better deal to run Pro Mazda with World Speed than we would have had going into the USF 2000 just because of the, the number of races on the schedule for 2016, Pro mm-hmm. Mazda didn't have as many as USF 2000. So we decided we'll spend a little less money, take some learning, get comfortable, um, just absorb as much as I can, and we'll go run Pro Mazda for our 2016 year. Yeah, so, so last year, 2017, uh, you end up sixth overall in the series. Uh, and as I, I'd said, you at one point, you were one of my stars of the race because uh, you were just impressive all year in the way you were kind of stepping up. Four top five finishes that I had said before, fourth on three occasions, St. Petersburg, Road America, Watkins Glen, you were able to finish fourth. Overall, what do you think in terms of how would, let's say, put this, how would you grade that, that rookie season in the road to Indy? You, you had some great finishes. A lot of learning, of course. <laughs> the, it was, the learning curve was very steep for you, almost straight up and down. Yeah. How, how, would, how would you grade your performance? Uh, that's hard because to me, from the inside, it was a rough year mentally just because mm-hmm. I expected more from myself and from, from the results, and we didn't get them. So I think that I, I did the best that I could for that time, and I learned as much as I could. and. For that reason, I'm going to be a better driver this year and the years to come. Uh, I, uh, you know, I say a lot that you learn more by your failures than your successes. So that's definitely uh, something you could believe in there. Now, here's a cool thing. Let's talk about this. You, you jump out of that program. Uh, obviously, you're going to stick with the Pro Mazda, the brand new Tatus PM18 coming around the corner. You get a chance to test that car. You drive it at the Chris Griffiths test, some off-season testing. What were your first thoughts? Because, you know, only a handful of people have driven them, driven that car. What were your thoughts on driving that thing, the new car? Well, I actually hadn't driven a go-kart. Sorry, I'm, I'm going sidetrack here. but That's okay. I, <laughs> I hadn't driven a go-kart since the fall of 2015. And I got back into this new Caddis PM18, and I felt like I was driving a go-kart again. <laughs> Just the characteristics of the way the car drives was phenomenal. With the new paddle shifters and everything, it was it didn't drive like the, the old pro Mazda. It, it had a whole different feel. And I could tell that you'll see now uh, more Carters working the way up and doing well, like Oliver Askew, David Malukas, all those guys that came straight out of carts and hopped in the USF 2000 and were quick. And it's because they have designed this car for drivers. It's a, it's a very well-designed car. It handles like a dream. And I kind of wish I would have had some more experience in a cart until then. And, would have had that transfer be a little bit easier, but it worked out well. Interesting. Let's now let's uh, wrap up kind of the racing side of this deal. Uh, goals and expectations for 2018. You know, you come out of the box strongly. You had that, you know, a shorter season of experience last year. It wasn't a full season of Pro Mazda because they cut the, the schedule down a little bit. 
you got a chance to run on the oval. You ran street courses. You ran, of course, the uh, the natural terrain uh, permanent circuit, uh, the purpose-built, uh, purpose-built tracks. Going into 2018, what do you have down for your goals, expectations, or where you think you need to slot in? Well, my goal is to be prepared to move up next year and also to win the championship, just because I think that should be the goal of any driver that's uh, racing is to win. Um, but my expectations are to do the best that I can and keep learning and do the best I can for the team, whoever's helping me, my my whole uh, and partners. And like I said, just working my way up and getting ready. That has been kind of part of the learning curve, hasn't it? It's not just in the car. Uh, a lot of it's learning outside the car, working with partners, finding partners, yeah. finding the finding the backing you need. How have you found that so far? It's been very well. Uh, Peter Rossi, Alexander Rossi's father, has been helping us. He's actually my manager right now. And so his insight has been very useful throughout the last couple of years in getting us uh, funded to go into the seasons. All right, let's talk, uh, let's talk a, a little bit here about who Stingray Rob is. Let's, you know what? Let's, I'm going to tell a story and then you can tell the real story <laughs> because the fr- I believe the first race I ever announced, uh, you were probably 10 maybe, and I think it was a challenge of the Americas. And you came down, you know, we're at the race in Phoenix, the first race of the year, and I'm, you know, I'm going down through, and here's this kid, Stingray Rob. It's on the, you know, it's on the timing and scoring. Well, I'm going down through, and I figure it's a nickname. I figure Stingray's the nickname, and I don't do nicknames. You know, if you don't put your nickname on the entry list, I give the nicknames. Yeah. So I called you Ray Rob. So here I am on the microphone, blah, 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 in in eighth position, Ray Rob. Well, you know, we go for lunch, and I'm walking to go get my lunch, and overcomes this little blonde kid and says, Mr. Howden, it's actually Stingray. It's it's on my birth certificate. So I was – listen – I apologize. I apologized, <laughs> and I've never made that mistake. Yeah. We get asked all the time, Stingray Rob, is it his real name? Yes, it is. Give us the story. How did how did your mom and dad decide they were going to name you Stingray? Uh, well, obviously, big Corvette fans. My dad had a 1966 Stingray Corvette, and I guess they just said, hey, let's name our kids Stingray, of all the things to name me. Um, <laughs> but... My dad's side of the family, our heritage is from Stirlingshire, Scotland, and Sting is short for Sterling. And then Ray came from both my grandpas, whose their names are Ray. And so we kind of just took that whole conglomeration of everything and stuffed it all together and came out with Sting Ray Rob. <laughs> That's the story we were looking for. I like that. I really like that. Now, speaking of your family, I know that your parents are very focused on your education as well, and you have a solid GPA. Give me a let's give a little insight. Of course, again, people listening in, I think they don't really understand. They know it's tough for you guys in, in school with all the testing you're doing and the and fitness and again searching for sponsorship, finding that time to be in school and getting your you know getting your your projects done, your work done, and then holding a, a GPA like you do. First of all, what is your GPA right now? Because I know it's solid, and and how do you do it? How do you balance it all? Well, my GPA last semester I think was a four. 0.0 or 4.1 um and i'm taking a lot higher level classes i'm taking a a couple dual credit classes along with some senior level math and junior level english and a couple other things but i'm only a sophomore um <laughs> but i think that came from i did homeschool up until sixth seventh grade and uh got ahead there and then just stepped into the the public school here at payette 
and they've been very flexible with my schedule. The teachers understand that you got to treat me like an Olympic athlete. That's the way that we explain it to them. But um, it's always kind of funny when I go out on the trips and I come back and I sit down in my assigned seat and they're like, who are you? There's, there's someone else supposed to be sitting there. Are you new? I'm like, no, it's me. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, sorry. Forgot about you. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. Well, you know what? Con- congratulations on that because I, I always am very, very impressed with, with drivers who can, can commit to the program like they need to to you know perform at the level you do and everybody else in the Mazda Road Dandy, but then be able to still focus and get that, that job done. The commitment to being, you know, focused on the schooling, I think is, is impressive. So uh, kudos to you on that. Now, you know what, Stingray, we're ready to wrap this thing up. We got something that we're doing on, we're, we got something that we're doing on ecartingnews.com and, and the radio network. I'm going to be asking all the road D&D guys. I'm going to be asking Verizon IndyCar series drivers as well. We call it the fast five. I got five questions for you. We're going to talk about your career. And some of the cool things of your career. We're going to lean a bit to karting. That way, we can get this on the EKN Radio Network as well. But you can spin around. We can we can do a couple different things as well. Here's the first question. Give me some detail. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What was your first cart? It was a junior top cart. One of the the oh, I forgot the name of it, but kid cart, top cart. Yeah. And, and did you dig it? Was it a good? Was it good? Like we, I've talked to some guys, and, and the, their first cart was a piece of crap. They couldn't wait till they get the to get the next one. Did you enjoy the first one? Oh, it was awesome. The whole rain setup my dad put on that Comer eighty was phenomenal. <laughs> That's nice. All right, question, question number two, and this can be any track. You, you can if you can give me two questions if you want. You can give me cart track, and you can give me car track. What is your favorite cart track? Favorite cart track is Chilliwack, British Columbia, and favorite car track would be Sonoma, California. Wow, there you go. A couple, couple excellent tracks. Chilliwack, that car track, the Greg Moore Raceway, uh, is an absolutely beautiful beautiful track, great facility. And again, who doesn't like Sonoma? You obviously have a lot of time there as well. you got a couple wins there too. That's probably, probably plays the, into what you think? Yes, to both of those. <laughs> okay, what's the biggest win in your karting career? Or, or, or you can go karting, again, go karting or car. But what's the, what was the biggest win in your karting career? I think my biggest win in karting came at the Florida Winter Tour Championship, winning that championship. Yeah. And my, oh, man. Biggest win in cars would probably be winning at Sonoma in the Formula Speed 2.0 on awesome. the, the Indy Grand Prix weekend. All right, here's another one. You've run so many different series. This could be an, this tough one. Fourth question. Who is your biggest rival? My biggest rival is probably my my brain. <laughs> Yourself? <Driving me> nuts. <laughs> you don't actually have a driver that you've again, like I said, when, when you're kind of rolling your way up through the ranks, you know, you can go back and look at some of the guys you may have battled in karting, but you really don't have anybody that you consider your biggest rival right now. No, not right now. I think in 2015 in karting. Uh, Nick, Nicholas Bruckner was my biggest rival. And then Anthony Ganji was also very good. And my teammate, Matias Ramirez, they, those were my top three rivals, but we always got along great. So that was good. Three, yeah, three great young carters for sure at that point. All right. Final question of the fast five. And, and this will be interesting. Who has been your biggest mentor or influence? Hmm. Uh, Blake Choker at BBR Karting. He was like an older brother to me coming up through the rinks and karting. And so I always looked up to him and, you know, he, I didn't ever get to, get to watch his racing career, but he was just a guy that I wanted to reflect in just his personality and how, how good he was with kids. 
I'm sure Blake will be uh, very, very happy to hear that. All right, let's wrap things up uh, with this. Uh, you're what we're on a couple of weeks away. Are you ready to get back to Barber Motorsports Park? And, and what are you thinking about that next race? Oh, I'm absolutely getting ready to get back and just prepared mentally to to hop back in the car. I've been getting the, the nervous itches. <laughs> hey, listen, Stingray, thank you so much for sitting down with us. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there he is, Stingray Rob, 16 years of age, second year in the Pro Mazda Championship presented by Cooper Tires, running the number 82 for Team Pelfrey. Uh, a great young man. If you're out at one of our events to, to come and watch, we have, you know, constantly the Road to Indy has our autograph sessions. You can always work over to the Team Pelfrey pit and find them there as well. This is a young man that you're going to want to meet. Just a great guy and a great talent as well. Make sure you keep an eye out for Stingray Rob. That wraps up our first edition of the Road to Indy Insider Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Keep uh, following me uh, online, of course, uh, roadtoindyinsider.com. Um, MRTI underscore insider is my Twitter. Uh, Stingray, what about you? You want to throw out your your uh, your website, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? You can look me up at stingrayrob.com or my Twitter at stingrayrob and Anything else? Stingray Rob, look me up. <laughs> you know what? I don't think a lot of guys have that name, so it's not like you're going to be, you know, confused for somebody else. Yeah, I don't think so. It's pretty unique. <laughs> just, just Google Stingray Rob, and you'll be able to connect. Yeah. Again, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll have another one of these Road to Indy Insider podcasts soon down the line. <laughs>